St. John's College, where I attended as an undergraduate, has the distinction of being the third oldest college in the country, uh, as it was founded all the way back in 1696. St. John's has had many distinguished alumni, uh, many of particular importance to us in this nation, one of whom happens to be Francis Scott Key, which you may remember as the person who wrote the words for our national anthem. So obviously, many of us, including myself, are very proud to call ourselves alumni of St. John's College. However, St. John's almost didn't make it, almost didn't survive. Throughout the college's history, there have been moments of financial concern. And in all these times, it took the love of her alumni to help St. John's back up, to help her to continue to be a school. And this happened throughout the centuries until the Great Depression. And at this time, the president of St. John's decided to do something very stupid and very much against the advice of faculty. He decided to award a degree to somebody who clearly did not deserve it. The result of that is that St. John's lost accreditation. And because of the depression, because of the history of financial difficulties, St. John's was not in a good place with their finances and was looking at the possibility of closing down. Now, at the same time as St. John's fate was in limbo, two men, Scott Buchanan and Stringfellow Barr, happened to be working on a program. At the time they were at the University of Virginia, UVA, and they were looking at creating a program that allowed for students to read through all of the great books of Western civilization, a great books program, if you will. Now, while they tried to get it started at their time at UVA, they had some difficulty. So eventually they went on to the University of Chicago. And there at UChicago, they found a little bit more success. They were able to start something that was similar to what they were looking at for their great books program. And they were able to do so with the help of other faculty members there at UChicago. You may remember one of the fruits of this was the great books series that came out of Encyclopedia Britannica. And to this day, many of us at St. John's, many of us Johnnies, consider UChicago, because of this connection, a sister school to us. Now, 
Buchanan and Barr were still looking at this time to really submit their great books program, to, to really have a place that was fully dedicated to this idea that they had. And St. John's was looking for something to help them, looking for something drastic to help with their accreditation, to help with their financial difficulties. They're willing to try just about anything. And so they reached out to Buchanan and Barr and said, yeah, we'd be willing to have you guys come in and try to start this great books program with us. Now, this is a huge change for St. John's. Nothing like the Great Books program had ever gone on at St. John's before. And having a program like this meant other changes as well, changes that colleges, especially today, might balk at. Things like the fact that our sports program almost completely disappeared. We have very few competitive sports left. In fact, I participated in one of the few at St. John's with fencing. But even with all of these changes that were to come about, St. John's was willing to do so, was willing to have those changes happen. Because doing so meant their survival. Now, one of the books that we cover in the Great Books program at St. John's is the Bible, the very book we read from every Sunday. And as part of our read through the Bible, we read through some of the prophets as well. And so it's fitting to talk about this as we look at our reading from the prophet Jeremiah this morning, especially so because of the subject matter in the prophet's words. As we hear today, we hear of God pointing Jeremiah to look at the potter, to see what the potter is doing. He finds this potter with a lump of clay, that, that's this vessel that's got some clay in it that, that's not working right. And so what the potter does is take that clay, reworks it, works it into a new vessel, into a new thing that is better, that can hold. And what God is pointing out to Jeremiah here is that God is getting ready to do the exact same thing to Israel. Now, as we've seen throughout our prophets in this season, as we see throughout a great deal of the Old Testament, ancient Israel had a problem with following God, to put it mildly. And so God is planning to rework the nation, to rework this nation that has had 
so much trouble serving the Lord. God is reworking Israel into something new, to something that will be able to worship and serve the Lord again, to serve the Lord in a new way, in a new way she never has before. As we think on these words from Jeremiah, as we think about their impact for us today, I think back on my own ministry and what I've seen in the parishes I've served. And what I've heard about over these years is an incredible amount of fear. There's concern that the church is dying. Now, we need to do something about that right away. Never mind that it would be much more accurate to say that it is the parish model of ministry that is dying. Declaring the church is dying misses the point. If the church did, in fact, die, God would just remake us into something new as he shows Jeremiah through the potter with his vessel. So we never really have to fear that the church will ever truly die. Because the church, turns out, isn't made up of the stone and the wood, and all the other materials that our buildings are constructed with. No, the church is made up of each and every person who is willing to go out and declare the good news of our Lord Jesus Christ to the world. All it takes for the church to survive is one person to go out and deliver that news and one other person to hear that message, to hear it, to listen, to take it in. If we want to look to the future of the church, it's this, to go out and proclaim the gospel. And I wish I could say I knew what form that is going to take. I honestly don't. But I have a strong suspicion that the form that the church will take going forward will look very different from the form the church is taking now. Like we see with St. John's, like we see with the potter and the vessel that Jeremiah witnesses even. God seems to be working something new on us or 
Rather, it would be better to say that God is reworking something in us as the church. Even if all of our parishes, ours here even included, were to close our doors, it wouldn't matter. For whatever reason that might happen, it wouldn't matter. All that matters is that whatever form the church does take in the future, that we are continuing to share the good news of our Lord Jesus Christ, to share the message of hope, of love, of forgiveness, of renewal that God has given us to everyone we meet in the world. That work will continue always, no matter what, to the end of time. So don't lose hope, because no matter what happens to the church, no matter what happens to our individual parishes, even, our work, our purpose as the church will continue. Nothing else matters.